0: This is the Hockey News Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Hockey News Podcast, presented by McKenney and BetMGM. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Ryan Kennedy. We've seen a lot of each other lately, Ryan. We have. We, uh, we just got back from the All-Star, uh, I guess, weekend week. Um, ton of fun, I yep. think. Uh, there was definitely some hit and misses. Uh from the NHL side, but before we get into any of that, let's talk about probably like, a giant bomb that dropped basically right when we got back. I believe it happened on Sunday. Um, recording this on on Tuesday mornings, I usually do. Is uh, is Bo Horvat? Yeah. He uh, he got he got the extension that we all kind of were thinking, and and the Islanders were really selling them on eight years, eight point five million dollars per. All like none of it is signing bonus money, which is extremely interesting. Makes it easier to buy out. Um, which is I love talking about a league where you know giant contracts happen and one of the perks is like oh but you can buy it out right we love love we're that already thinking of that exactly um, he literally has just he has now played one game with the team <laughs> we're like oh but if they buy him out it's easy and, um, undefeated. and they are undefeated yes he did unfortunately for my fantasy team he did get held pointless but you know it's fine um so let's talk about that real quick i mean look by by now everyone has really kind of talked it to death so we don't need to go mm-hmm. too deep into it but like yeah. it's a big deal they they traded a decent chunk for him at the deadline. They get him and before they even he even plays a game with the team, they lock him in for the maximum term at eight point five million dollars a year. You have been banging the drum yes. on the Bo Horvat extension, what your yeah. thoughts were gonna be. At one point you said he could get close to John Tavares money. Yeah. Um that didn't necessarily happen, but on the last podcast, I will and I'm giving you the credit for this, you did come very close. So revel in your in your rightness.
0: I'm gonna marinate. Yeah, I think I said like Nine, or, yeah, yeah, and you got eight and a half because you know you're not going to make more than Matt Barzell. he
1: makes nine point one five. Yeah, that's your yeah. star.
0: Uh, but eight <sighs> years, um, it, it's funny. Like I, I don't mind the contract. I, I feel don't like, either. I think Bo, Bo Horvat's the kind of player that's going to age pretty well. Where you know, even if he's not a top end goal scorer for you in the latter years of the contract. He's the kind of two-way player that's going to give you value mm-hmm. in the middle six of your lineup when he gets into his 30s or, you know, worst-case scenario, mm-hmm. I suppose. So, I, yeah, I don't mind it. And we know the cap's going to go up eventually. Yes. So 8.5 in three or four years is going to mean a lot different than 8.5 next year.
1: Yes. And it, as well, too, is that first of all, we forget that in in, in this sort of – like in, in the immediacy of this um, – they, they managed to convince Vancouver to retain 25% of the salary. There you go. So they have him for like, I believe it's 4.125 for the rest of the year, which means they do have almost basically $2 million in cap space left over. They can go get someone else at the deadline if they want. Yeah. I think that, look, Bo Horvat, like we've talked to death about how attractive he is um, as a man, but also as a, as a hockey player, just in, in, in the fact that he's on pace for like 55 to 60 goals this year. Um, that he uh, that he was a cat like a team captain and managed to keep a lid on like as we see one of the most you know chaotic situations possibly in pro sports. Possibly. I mean the, the the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving. I was gonna say, non-Kyrie us- Irving exactly. Edition. <laughs> but um like he he's a he's great two way he's a great two way forward. Um we he's a, a remarkably efficient scorer because yes he's on a on a shooting heater I believe it's like twenty five percent shooting this year but his career average is like sixteen. Yeah. So it's not like it's it's not like a guy's going from shooting like nine for his career to like forty. You know, it, we've yeah. seen that happen before. <clears throat> I, and I was talking about this on on Staff and Graph, uh, another one of our lovely podcasts, um, in that like it like I think last season what we saw with Bo Horvat where he had th- I believe it was thirty one goals, sixty one points. I think that's sort of what you can expect from him now. It, now, especially surrounded in, it, with these players, uh-huh. freed from the chaos, freed from the burden of being you know the leader. Right. Um, and having to essentially be like play a mediator role in the locker room or mm. you know be a conduit between crazy you know GMs and, and whatnot. I think that that if even worst case if you if, you, if that's his baseline for the rest of the contract I mean you're getting a 27 year old guy who's gonna give you 30 points 60 60 or sorry 30 goals 60 65 points a season mm. um, locked in there for eight years. He's 27 too. He's not he's not a huge veteran. He's 27. Yeah. He's in the middle of his prime. For eight point five million dollars a year for a top six for a top six center, twenty seven years old, perennial thirty goal scorer. We'll call him now. Sure. Uh, and a you know sixty sixty five maybe you know he, he gets some great power play, power play production brings up to seventy five for eight point five mil. That's that's not bad. It's not shabby.
0: I'm not mad at
1: it. I'm not mad at it either. So I think our verdict is it's a good deal. I think so. In the it, right now, I think it's a good deal. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, moving on. Look, this is. Uh, uh, I, we're now, I think, with the All Star Game and the All Star Weekend in our re- rearview mirror. I think we're now starting to look at the stretch run.
0: Indeed.
1: Like this is where this is where you know the uh, the butts clench, and this is where you know like every like everyone just gets ready to rock. We're yeah. we're gearing up for playoff time, um, and while the East is relatively like the Bruins are far and away at the top. Um, it seems like they pretty much locked down that spot. Pretty much locked down the uh, the President's Trophy at this point. Yeah. There are also a lot of really close, not just wild card, but just in terms of divisional races. But let's talk about the wild cards mm-hmm. first. Who do you think who do you think comes up victorious in the wild card race in the Eastern Conference, and then we'll go to the Western Conference after?
0: Yes. So, you know, you're looking at well, a number of teams. Washington, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Florida, I would say, uh, Islanders as well. Yeah, Tossman in that mix. I feel like even though Washington has played 53 games, which is several more than uh, some of the other uh, contenders there, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I'd rather have the points than hope to get the points, yes. if that makes you sense. You want to have, yeah. You, you know, like they've already you got they've sure established thing. it. it yeah. yeah, it's done. It's in the books. Um, you know, this is a team that has, has been there before. Uh, obviously getting Backstrom back was massive for them. We didn't even know if that was going to happen this year. And they
1: made two big signings, Dylan Strom and Sonny Milano.
0: Exactly, yeah. So I I think Washington is pretty solid. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to go with Buffalo for my second um, because they're they're hot right now, uh, which helps. A lot of the teams in that mixture are kind of like or, you know, 5-1 mm. in their last 10. Buffalo, I think, is 6-2-2 two and two, or something that they have that effect. Um, I like the momentum. I like that this is a group that ended strong last year. Yes. Um, you know, didn't have anything to play for last year. But I just, I like this group under Don Granado. Mm. And I think that, you know, there's so much potential. We're seeing you know, Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power leading that decor. core mm-hmm. uh, You know, hopefully, Tage Thompson can make, you know, he missed the All-Star break uh, with an injury, uh, or the All-Star game, I should say. Um, but hopefully, you know, he gets on, you know, gets back on track very quickly for yeah. them. Uh, and the fact that they are in the Atlantic division, um, you know, they're going to have games against the Habs and the Wings and the Senators, uh, which might be a little bit easier uh, than some of the the metro foes, although you know there there are some bottom feeders there as well. But I, I, I feel like this is like Buffalo's year to break through. Mm. And, I th- I, and I think they know that, and I think it's gonna propel them.
1: I could not agree with you more. I think the Sabres, they got something cooking. Mm-hmm. They really there are some incredible vibes around that team. we talked about how, you know, Don Granado is the coach for that team. He is doing a phenomenal job of just like ushering that group in. He was he played you know fireman in the first time where he had to sort of put yep. out that fire when he got in. Yep. But ever since then he's just been ushering them. It's been perfect. Um, yeah, I think I think the, the Sabers absolutely. It's tough. It really is tough to root against the Caps just because they you know first of all they have the points, mm. um, and, and you know you got like Ovi and, and you know it, it seems like for, to be fair though, when I watched them uh, play Toronto and I've watched them, I've kept an eye on them ever since. Like and I've said this before, and keep in mind I cover the leaf so I would know my way around something like this. Mm. They are a team that seems just built for a first-round exit. Like this sure. is this is a team. This is and and I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know show my age by using this term. They are very mid. They okay. are you know and they just like it, unless Ovi is is in Super Saiyan mode, basically. Like this is a team that just is not very good at five-on-five. Five. Mm. You know they it's it's just it's not great. I will never bet against. Um, Against Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang and Ricard Raquel and Jake Gensel and all, like I think that I think the Penguins hop the uh, the Capitals there. I think it's Mm. just I can't imagine like I can't imagine a world where Sidney Crosby doesn't make the playoffs. And I I just like he it seems he's having an incredible year this year, as he always does. He's one of the best, if not the best player. Like obviously he's not you know Connor McDavid, but he is a legend in the game. Yeah. And I think that he's the kind of guy who now that the games are even tighter. And now that, you know, like, the potential for him to not make the playoffs is actually creeping up. He just, he just puts up one of his, like, two points per game stretches down right. the final, like, 30 games of the season, and you're good to go. I, I'm going to take the Sabres, and I'm going to take the, the Penguins. All
0: right. And I will say, uh, during All-Star Weekend, I thought Crosby was, like, had a great vibe about yes. him the whole time. He did. Yeah. Someone who did not have a great vibe around him
1: is Kuroka Prizoff. Um, and, and, that is, and that brings us to the Western Conference where it's pretty bunched up in the Central Division. Like, you, yeah. got, you got the Stars and the Jets. They're at 68 and 65 points, respectively. And then, and then you go down, and, and, the, and you have the Wild, the Avalanche, and the Predators at 58, 57, and, and 54. Oh. Um, that's pretty bunched up. Who do you think comes out of that group? If we're going to assume that, you know, let's say, like, that one of those teams is going to grab that wild card spot, who out of those three do you have faith
0: in? Uh, well, okay. I mean, I think it's going to be Colorado. Yes. Uh, they're healthy again. And... They're
1: getting, they're getting Nachushkin and Byron back, I believe tonight. There That's you go. That's huge. That, that, like, that huge. just injects like a top four defenseman and yeah. a top six winger.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, I mean, Nichushkin, we saw how valuable he was during the playoffs last year mm-hmm. when they won the Stanley Cup. Um, and, and they're starting to roll. I think they've won seven of their past mm-hmm. ten. Um... So I, I think you know, Colorado, the reason they were flailing, like it was all obvious reasons, it was mm-hmm. injuries. Um, so now they're getting healthy, I think they're gonna take care of business. What I'm most interested in, in terms of the wild card, so you know, put Colorado in yes. one of those spots, is Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary. Mm-hmm. Because you know, Mark Stone, once again, out for Vegas. That's a really tough pill to swallow you're yeah. the Golden Knights. Uh, and they're already struggling. I think they've only won two of the past
1: 10. They're, they are flailing right now. They're yeah.
0: flailing. So what I'm thinking is that Edmonton probably moves up, takes that third seed uh, in the Pacific, and then I think Calgary gets the wild card. I think Vegas might drop out.
1: You think, so? you think Vegas might not make the playoffs
0: again? I, I think it's possible. There's <laughs> a, like those injuries, that's tough.
1: Those injuries are tough. Here's the thing, though: I have zero faith in the Calgary Flames. That is, and team. I understand
0: that. So that would be that yeah. would be the other option: is that Calgary misses, um,
1: which would be a disaster and lead to some like legit changes in that organization. I think
0: uh, maybe it's tough, though. I mean, you think about the fact that their two best players were like, we don't want to be here. Yeah, and then
1: they got a and bunch they, of
0: really good players back. They did, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's. That upsets chemistry. Obviously, you, yeah. you got to take time to you know figure things. out. I mean, out. you know what
1: else upsets chemistry is Jacob Markstrom turning into a goaltender who is barely NHL level. If if and under
0: that. yeah, and that and that's something that you know you can't predict a oh. guy going from you know Vesna level to. Like replacement level,
1: you can't predict it as say the Bo the bull contract as you did.
0: You know, not everyone's exactly. got
1: not everyone's got that vision. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so I mean, for me, I think Bradshaw Livingston done an incredible job yeah. there. So if if they miss because of goaltending, then I think you got. You be just like, chalk it up. You know, like, Look, what are you gonna do? Like, you got to address it in the summer, obviously. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't expected.
1: If if the Edmonton Oilers miss the playoffs, like th- that's. With the seasons that McDavid and Dreisaitl are having, that would be one of the most insane yeah. <clears throat> events yeah. we've ever seen. I, I don't think that will happen. Like,
0: I don't think either because Stuart Skinner has yeah. been that guy for them in that.
1: And also like with and they have Matt Berlin too, the, the e-bug. he's great. Yeah, yeah. but like like what I said with Pittsburgh and Crosby, like I just don't see McDavid like like looking at this, I I I, I just see me David looking at this mean like yeah no we're gonna make the playoffs. Right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna score like three points a game. Yeah, I'm gonna score like ninety points down the final thirty stretch, the thirty games. Yeah. Um, like I said, I do not have faith in Calgary Flames. There's something broken about that team right now. Like they, mm. and if you looked at the game, but the game between um uh what's it called uh the Flames and the Rangers last night, yeah, one of the best games of the year. <clears throat> yeah. But. And they ended up losing that game in overtime, and if you look at the body language after that loss, and again, I don't want to be body language doctor, I don't want to be that guy, I mm. test, whatever, but like, that was a team that was just like, so deflated after that loss, mm. Markstrom immediately broke the crap out of his stick after he got scored on, like it just doesn't, things don't seem right there, mm. now with Vegas, obviously they're flailing, they have Mark Stone out for potentially the rest of the season, uh, Jack Eichel's really struggling right now. He got called up by his coach straight up in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan Thompson has has taken a, a bit of a step back from his wickedly hot start to the season. Um, but the thing is, is that now with Mark Stone and LTIR, mm-hmm. and and with the way that this front office is, because they can't, they will not, they will not shoulder two straight seasons out of the playoffs. Right. With the money they're spending on this roster, with yeah. the expectations they've set, and with the talent in house, there's no way I I would like. Now that you have Mark Stone, you can put him on LTIR that opens yeah. up some space. I, I, I think Vegas squeaks in just on, on the just on the mere the mere fact that I expect them to make a, a big splash at the deadline.
0: Patrick Kane.
1: Exactly. Like I like literally, I expect them to go out and like just blow everyone's socks off and get Patrick Kane yeah. or get like Vladimir Tarasenko yeah. or you know like stuff like that. And Ryan speaking O'Reilly. Speaking of which, the St. Louis Blues. We we didn't even include them in this conversation because mm. they have forty nine points. They like Doug Armstrong ne- needs to stop looking around and. You know, like, like you know, judging whether or not we can make a run here. You can't right. make a run here. It's done. So, start selling. But, yes, I think I I got to take Colorado and then – I got to take Colorado and then Edmonton. Like, the fact that Edmonton with McDavid and Dreisaitl is going to get in in a wild card is nuts to me.
0: Mm. But So, you think Vegas will get in?
1: Yes, I do think okay. Vegas is going to get in. I think that a they have a good team just in general. Yeah. They are struggling a bit, but they do have a good team in general. And I I think they go out and get like an impact forward or mm-hmm. someone at the deadline. Um, but who knows? Like that's I'm extremely excited to see how this plays out. It's this be a is fun one. this is a gr- one of the best stress drives you've seen in years. Yeah. Like, this is great. Um, who do you think finishes at like dead last in in the NHL? Because this you know we talked about the teams that might
0: make it. Yeah.
1: Who's, who's the worst of the bunch? Who's the basement dweller here?
0: I feel like it's going to be Columbus. Mm-hmm. And Chicago is the other sort of obvious candidate. Yeah. But, and, and th- maybe this is kind of backwards logic, but if the if the Hawks trade Kane and or Taves. I'm
1: excited to see where this goes.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's going to be good for them. It's, it, I think it's going to be, it, it's not going to be good for them in that sense, but I think that, with them gone, you're going to see guys get opportunities, yeah. and when guys are playing for opportunities, they got to be—you know—they're going to give their best. It's—it's um, it's basically an open audition. Mm-hmm. You might see the Hawks get some unexpected wins down the stretch. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. You know, what do we see from Lucas Reichel, for example? That's right? a great question. Right. Whereas Columbus, it's not that the roster is bad it's that the roster is so injured yes and then they just lost Gustav Nyquist yeah
1: another guy
0: right so it's like it's it's not stopping in Mm -hmm. Columbus Um, so it's it's not like they have guys to call up that they've been like holding down there it's it's basically been all hands on deck so for Columbus this is just like an anus horriblis that they'll want to forget um, you know I mean the team's trying they just You know, it's all, like, held together by popsicle sticks right now. So, Chicago, I feel like they could get a bit of a, like... A dead cat bounce. A dead cat bounce, like a nobody believes in us. Like, you know, like, somebody will come up and have some weird point run. Or, you know, like, they'll get a goalie that goes on, like, a wild run. So, Mm -hmm. I I feel like Columbus is going to finish dead last because... They're not. Tr- they're not trying to be bad. Yeah, it's just the su- the, the circumstances dictate that they're going to struggle.
1: Look, I I agree. Right now, Chicago and Columbus are tied, thirty four points. Mm. That's abysmal. And yes. they and, and they're fighting it out. Um, I think it, I, I do think it'll be one of those two. I mean, I just obviously they're the two worst teams in in, in the league right now. They you know like uh, both of them are going to already. Columbus has a ton of elite talent out or, or high end talent out and. Chicago is going to trade out that elite talent. I, I I do think it'll be Chicago just because of two words. Peter Mrazek. Uh-huh. Uh Like, I, pe- guys are going to be playing for opportunities, yes, and Peter Morazic is going to be trying his absolute best, and uh, when he does that, he tends to let in a lot of goals. And, I uh, no disrespect to Peter. The fact that he's still playing hockey at this point is remarkable, considering how many times it seems like his groin has been put into a blender. Totally. Um, so good on good on him. But I do think that uh, I do think Chicago, just with the absolute like dearth of talent that they have, like mm-hmm. especially if you like they, if you looked at those line rushes when I believe it was when when uh, Taves was out, he was hurt. Mm. Um, it was in, like Jason Dickinson was their num- was their first line center. And at the end of the day, at least they at least Columbus still has, you know, Johnny Goudreau. Right. They still have Patrick Lana. You know, they yeah. still have... And, and look, has Merzlikens been great? No. But at least he, he can stop the occasional puck. And they can call up David Yerchak if they want. Really get that. I do... I think that... I think Chicago just has... Like, they've, they, they did this on purpose. They, yeah. And then you take the two arguably, like, best players on your... Or not arguably. The two best players on your roster yeah. out of the equation at the same time. And you likely don't get a roster piece back for that, either of them. You're likely only getting futures and prospects. Right. Um, I think that's going to be that's going to be a, a tank job that's going to be tough to uh, compete with.
0: That's fair. Yeah.
1: All right. You want want to do some uh you want to do some 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 trophy
0: watches? Let's do some trophy
1: watches. You want to get a little funky? Do some trophy. Okay. <laughs> who's your who should pick for the heart?
0: I mean, it's Connor McDavid. Uh, it's the obvious answer. Um, I because I do think the Oilers will make the playoffs and. You know what? It's like it's, it's to the point now where McDavid is so dominant that if they didn't make the playoffs, I would seriously have to consider revisiting my policy yeah. that a Hart Trophy winner has to make the playoffs mm-hmm. because otherwise, what value do you have? Like, he's going to get 60 goals easy this year. Oh, yeah. He might get 65.
1: He, like, there's a bet, there, there are bets now on, like, sites and whatnot, mm. bet and Bett and Jam one of them, yeah. for him to get 70.
0: Honestly, I mean, he's almost a goal-per-game player right now. And mm-hmm. again, as you were mentioning, down the stretch, if they need to win games, you know, seven to six, then you've got the, you've got the guys yeah, to do it. exactly. It is one of them. Um, yeah, he's, he's 19 points clear of Nikita Kucherov. Dreisidel has more points than Kucherov, but obviously, you know, like, they're teammates. Uh, and with that power play, it's pretty obvious why they both have a ton mm-hmm. of points. But 19 points clear of the next opponent in the NHL. Yeah. That's just wild to me.
1: Yeah, I can't pick anyone else other than Connor McDavid. Yeah. Like, it just, like any, any other selection is, uh, I don't know, man. Overthinking it it. it. it seems to be overthinking it. The yeah. only, the, I would say the only person that I can possibly <laughs> even get close to with that mm. is, and, and our producer, uh, our lovely producer, Connor Somerville, has texted me that Tage Thompson, Thompson should be his heart trophy. Uh, candidate, I think that's a, that's a lovely idea. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's incorrect, but it's lovely. Yeah, it's um, Connor. Yeah. and uh, the only <laughs> Connor also just flipped me off behind the camera. <clears throat> lovely. Um, the o- and another. Try. If I were if I were to, yeah, that's what we th- That's a, the professional uh, production yeah. we got going on in the Hockey News Studios. Um, but the the only other guy I can maybe think of, and I don't think again, this is you know like a, it's just dumb because he has an incredible team in front of him and everything. Right. But maybe Lena Slomark. Just yeah, be, yeah. just because of his numbers and the fact that he's a goalie, and yeah. he is, you know, he's he's just like if you look at anything, you know, goalie like goalie point shares, uh, you know, goals allowed adjusted, all that, it's just straight up say, percentage. He's at nine thirty seven. Yeah, you know, like he could finish in the nine forty. It's nuts. But yeah, Conor McDavid. All right,
0: Yeah. Norris. Okay, so I'm gonna go with Rasmus Dahlin on this one. Now, Eric Carlson leads the NHL in points by defenseman. Mm-hmm. But he's also a minus two. Yes. And,
1: uh, and he plays on a terrible team.
0: And he plays on a terrible team. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's like it doesn't really matter. It's impressive. Yes. And I'm so happy for Eric Carlson that his career has rebounded. Finally. Oh. Uh,
1: Hockey is a better place than Eric Carlson is cooking, you know? Certainly. Yeah.
0: Certainly. Uh, especially in that beautiful teal uniform. Oh, they're so uh, good. They're so good. I know. Especially with the helmets.
1: And even the, the the Seals, like the Golden Seals reverse retros with the
0: shirts. Yeah. Number one. Incredible. Yeah. Um... But Rasmus Dahlin, is um, putting up the points, great possession numbers. Obviously, you know a team that has become relevant, mm-hmm. uh, you know playoff bubble. Uh, but he has been a big part of that, uh, especially because he got off so, to such a hot start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that put them in a good spot where yeah. when they did struggle, it wasn't the death knell of their season, mm-hmm. which we have seen in the past. Um, Obviously, I put Josh Morrissey in that category Absolutely. as well, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with the, the young Buck Rasmus Stalin. I'm
1: going to go with Adam Fox. Okay, I think Adam Fox has had a, had. We are not talking nearly enough about the season that Adam Fox is having. That's fair. His defensive numbers have have spiked like crazy. Like he is becoming that just like that foundational mm-hmm. like the kind of the kind of defense we talk about Kale McCarr being. Right. Where he can just kind of do everything well. Yeah. And that's what Adam Fox is doing. You know, he is he is leading the way. Uh, um, on on New York from the back end, even you know he's he's becoming a great sort of like all multi-purpose thing. He's he's got the points and he's got the defensive acumen. I think this season, and mm. he's just logging a ton of minutes. I I, I think he's great. I mean, look you're... I, I completely respect your opinion, Ryan. You know, it's your democratic right to... Yeah. to I, I just happen to think Adam Fox. But look, we're splitting Spare hairs here. One. We're yep. splitting hairs here. There are... Like, Darlene is having an incredible season. It's great for the league that Darlene's having an incredible season. Yeah. And giving him a Norris right now could, like, crown him as the next new guy. And it could mm-hmm. really send him to another stratosphere. But I just think Adam Fox, I mean, he's doing such a great job. He's, he's really, like, you know, he's improved his his defensive game leaps and bounds. Yeah. I really like it. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going with that. Um, all right. Let's talk about Selkie.
0: Yeah. So, my answer is super boring. Mm-hmm. It's Patrice Bergeron. Yes. But he's only been on the ice for 10 even strength goals against all season. Mm-hmm. And, to me, that's super impressive. I mean, if you're talking about defensive forwards, um, you know, you want to be that shutdown guy. And... You know, he is on the best team in the league, but he is a big reason why they are the best team in the league. And yeah, I'm sorry to be boring, but uh, by that metric, I mean you just can't mess with him.
1: Yeah, it's, look, it's tough to go against anyone. Like, it's, it's tough to go against Patrice Bergeron. Like, yeah. he, is, he is doing such a great job. I would love, in a perfect world, for a winger to win this one time.
0: And Matthew Kachuk would be the option for me. Yes,
1: Matthew to Chuck, We just be, because Florida is struggling so much, mm. we don't talk about the fact that Matthew to Chuck had, like is is on – he's got 70 points in, like, 50-something games.
0: Yeah, and he, another, like, possession beast. Possession
1: beast, yeah. great two-way guy. Like, yeah. he is – like, both teams have kind of gone in their separate dips, but Matthew Kachuk, like, they won that trade, I think. Like, Florida. Mm. Like – if you look at the way that he has performed, it's, it's yeah. incredible. I yeah. would love it for a winger, because all, that's all we do. We, all, we only give it to, to centers, you know? The centers yeah. who are, like, deep, like, good defensively, but also chip in offense every once in a while. Yeah. Matthew Duchak is, like, an elite offensive winger who is also being an incredible defensive forward.
0: Yeah.
1: I would like to choose him, but, like, man, how does Patrice Bergeron do this? Like, he was contemplating retirement. I know. Incredible. I can't, I can't choose against it. It's, it's a bummer. All right, um, let's go to the Calder.
0: Yes. one of the more
1: open, wide open races, I think. There's a lot of candidates here.
0: Yeah, I
1: mean, the perspective number one is Matty Baneers, obviously.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna go with Matty Beniers, uh, especially because if you look at that Seattle roster, and they did, and you know, add more talent over the summer, but they desperately needed help at center. Yes, and he has delivered, mm-hmm. if not, you know, more so than expected. Um, again, too bad that he missed the All-Star weekend uh, due to injury, but. Uh, I mean, this kid does it all, and he's doing it at a high level. So, for me, right now, it's Maddie. I, I,
1: I do think Maddie Meniere's as well. Um, I, what I would say is if Vegas makes the playoffs, yep. it's Logan Thompson for me. That's fair. Because Logan Thompson has come in, and, like, yes, he's 25, but, I mean, you know, it's, Still counts. it's within the rules. That's right. Uh, they gave it to Artemi Panarin, who, like, you know, had a 401K and a mortgage. And, right. like, you know, it was, like, Logan Thompson has come in, and, and taken over a, a number one job that was, mm. that was held by first Marc-Andre Fleury and then Robin Lehner. Yeah. You know, like that, those are huge skates to fill, if you will, pads yeah. to fill. He's done a great job. He still has a 9-13. They've dipped a bit, but like that's just because everyone around him has gotten injured yeah. and he's standing on his head. Um, I think he's doing great. If Vegas ends up making the playoffs, it's going to be a big chunk of that's going to be because of Logan Thompson. And I think that, you know, like just being a number one goaltender in the NHL mm. is... is arguably the hardest thing to do
0: certainly on is. the ice.
1: And yep. he's doing it as a rookie. I think it's great. Um, that is going to be my choice. As of right now, obviously, I think Matty Benier is just because he's he looks like that star that Seattle can build around forever. And yeah. the fact that that was their first draft pick and they friggin nailed it they right off the did. bat yeah. is fantastic. But I... I Logan Thompson, just just to be just to be different. Exactly.
0: Just to be it's devil's a, advocate. To throw some other other names.
1: Just to be every every guy in my political science tutorials ever. I'm gonna yeah. be devil's advocate.
0: Put. You're a, gonna put well actually the color. Exactly.
1: I'm yeah. gonna bring like I said bring a briefcase to school. Yeah. Uh, you know wear a fedora. It's gonna be great. All right. The Vesna. There mm-hmm. is there is there a point in talking about this?
0: I mean yeah, Lena Salmark has been everything for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me too. Like. You go back to last year, and I think coming into the summer it's like, ooh, is it Jeremy Swayman's crease? Yeah, Uh, Olmark has just like,
1: where did this come from? Where like he was always good. I watched him a lot in the AHL when I was covering the Marlies, like because that was right around his prime developmental time. Yeah, he was always a highly touted prospect in that regard. Um, Where did the 940 save percentage come from? Totally,
0: yeah. And I mean, a lot of it is just sort of confidence, and you know, he's got the size. And he does have a good team in front of him, but you know it's. And it's funny talking to him at the All Star game. He's saying like I didn't do a lot different in yeah. the summer. It was just kind of like little tweaks here and there. But when you have so much potential, it maybe that's just what it is. Is just sort of finding your groove, and you know having that great communication with your teammates. Uh, you know having that great culture in Boston, where you know it's so supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just flourished and yeah, I mean the numbers are incredible.
1: Yeah. They, they speak for themselves. All right. I think uh, like I the only person I would I would challenge is Connor Hellebuck.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, that um, was the other name I was thinking of. Connor
1: Hellebuck has had such a good season this year. He doesn't have the team in front of him that that Linus Allmark does. Mm. If you look at his goalie point shares, it's actually higher than Allmark, which means he's like he's helped you know them produce more points in the standings, right? But like, dude, like you, like how are you gonna look at a goaltender who could finish in nine forty and be like, yeah, he's not. No, okay. uh, on the Presidents Trophy winning team, incredible. Um, all right, a very interesting one, Jack Adams. Yes. Now I want to make this. I want. I want to put a, a, a like sort of a disclaimer here. Mm. I don't want us to just make this the award of the coach of the team we didn't expect to do that well, right. but ended up doing well. Right. That is that. That's what it is.
0: Yes, that w- that's what it turns out to be. So I am going. A different way. I'm going with Rick Bonus mm-hmm. with Winnipeg. I guess expectations weren't, it, but expectations weren't super high, yeah. but if you look at that roster, mm-hmm. you'd be like they should win. Yeah, and he has found the formula. They've been one of the best teams in the division all season long. Uh, you know, he's really unlocked Josh Morrissey. And again, talking to Josh Morrissey uh, at the All Star mm-hmm. break. You know, he was saying, like, it's the structure that has allowed him to put up the points he has and to succeed the way he has. Just the little, you know, the, the tweaks mm-hmm. and uh, the new system that Bonus has put in in Winnipeg has really allowed Morrissey to activate more yeah. and uh, to get the best out of it, to be the best defenseman he can be. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you see it overall with the Jets where they've just been so good. This season with basically the same roster they had last year. So what does it come down to? For me, it comes down to coaching.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's great. In my in my opinion, obviously Jim Montgomery's got to be in that conversation totally. because you know he was uh, he did a great job in Dallas. Obviously, personally, she's gotten the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did the work. He went to uh, you know he went to St. Louis. He you know applied his his trade as a you know as an assistant coach comes into Boston and has done has seemingly unlocked them. Um, but the one thing I will say, though, is that it seemed like that group needed a, a different voice so badly. Yes. That I wonder if you just injected anyone in there, you know, like it, it could they could at least you know have improved, maybe not to the extent that they have, right? But at least like done better. I'm gonna th- mine is is very interesting. People are gonna you know like say it's recently bias or local bias. Sheldon mm-hmm. Keith. Really? Yeah. I think any other team, any other coach of a team who. Has lost basically their entire top four for long stretches of the season. Mm. whose superstar is, is is out for the next three weeks? Who have who you know who have been without really key... like think about it. Any let's let's imagine Rick Bonus for example. He's coaching he's coaching the Jets and you know I'm trying to think of even who their top four def, uh, defensemen are. But like mm. Josh Morrissey misses like 30 games, like uh-huh. Morgan Riley did, and uh, you know Neil Pionk then misses like <laughs> 25 games in two separate stretches, like like T.J. Brody did, mm. and then. I don't know, like whoever their other like like Nate Schmidt is just out for the year right. after the first game, and then you know like it, and and they end up having to put like Victor Mete and Jordy Ben and Mac Hallwell and call up you know like Philip Crawl for a game or you know and and just it's like everyone that they have tried every credits to the players, but I think that being able to not just keep the team afloat, but, like, have them on pace for the best season in franchise history. Mm. Um, if it wasn't for this Bruins team that is just blowing everyone out of the water, they right. would be the president's trophy favorites right now. I think Keith does not get his credit, like, enough credit at all, especially because after the first 10 games, people were calling for his head, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. And he, he has... He seems like he is doing every... Like, he's putting every player in a great position. Mm. Um, the, the, the Leafs are playing phenomenal hockey, and he's done it while, like, he's done it while like, he was playing, you know, 39-year-old Mark Giordano, like, 26 minutes a night for, like, a solid 15-game stretch to start right. the season. No, like, if, we, if any other coach in the league had to go through what he has by losing, like, like I said, three of his top four defensemen mm. uh, um, for, like, and not just for a little bit, for long stretches. Keep in mind, also, Rasmus Sandin has gone down for extended stretches, you know, like, stuff like that. It had to plug those guys in and make it work. And then on top of that, in the forward core, they've had to plug in a ton of players up front. You know, like like it, it, I don't I, I think it's credit to the players, but like Bobby McMahon has looked like an NHL player when he stepped into the, the lineup. Pontus Holmberg has become an incredible. Like I I think that is just due to you know a coach knowing how to play this lineup. Um, I, I would give it to I would give it to Sheldon Keefe. I think he's done a phenomenal job, and like no one's going to give it to him because he lives right. he, because he coaches in Toronto. But I, I think any other team goes through these trials and tribulations, we're we're just ready to throw his flowers at him. Uh, Keith deserves those. I think.
0: All right. it's, it's an interesting case,
1: and the Lady Bing.
0: Yeah. So I toss this one in because we never, no one ever predicts the Lady Bing, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting to me because I feel like when I do my ballot, it's the one where. Nobody really jumps to mind. Like, you do have to research and be like, okay, like, who has been, you know, a good player and clean? Mm -hmm. And uh, he has won it once in the past. I'm going with Alexander Barkoff, the Florida Panthers. He has one penalty all season. And he does so as a number one center, as a two-way center. So, you know, this is not a guy that's floating around the rink. This is is a guy that is playing defense and, um, you know, Playing in all situations, only two penalty minutes. Plays at a high level, so for me it's Barkov.
1: I can do the same thing for Brayden Point.
0: You yeah, you can.
1: Yeah, fifty five point twenty nine goals, twenty nine uh twenty six assists, fifty five points, four nine games. He's logging almost like nineteen forty seven nights, so basically twenty minutes per night, yep. he has two penalty minutes all season. Yeah, on a Tampa Bay team that, you know, is is still roll, like rolling along. And that is just so hard to do. Just not to take a penalty like by accident. Exactly. Like just you know, you like a guy. You have ha- to
0: be aware of where your stick is at all, all times.
1: times. Where where your body is at all yeah. times. Where your feet are at all times. And and for a guy who and, and this is exactly like he's he's. Just the exact same thing. Everything you said for Barkov goes to top line, top yeah. line center. You know, like offensive Dynamo. He's pr- he's out producing Barkov, I think. So, mm-hmm. like, just yeah, good for good for those two. They're they're clean. They're clean fellas, clean boys, as I like to call them. Um. All right. Well, that brings us to rapid fire. <coughs> Let's do and it. And I have rapid fire again because you you cover for two. Yeah. So I'm doing one. Obviously, you know, you like to do the music. I like to do the movies. Mm. I'm gonna do one. So, right. one thing I like to do um, right after I see a movie that I really enjoy. Is and this is just me being, you know, an impressionable young boy. Is mm-hmm. I immediately download that character's personality and I become that person. Interesting. Uh, you know, like as and I, this happens to everyone. You know, they, they they you know you come out of a movie usually with Ryan Gosling and you're like, I am him. Gotcha. I am I am cool. You know, right. like all that. Um, and what I would like to know, Ryan, is mm. is you know whether it can be as a kid, whether it can be as an adult. You never know when this is going to happen. Uh-huh. What was what was like the first movie that you can remember where you watch that movie and you're like, I am that main character.
0: Ooh, interesting. Yeah, cuz like when I was like a little kid, but this is before the Spider-Man movies. Mm. Like this is just when I was a cartoon. Yes. I would just like jump on the hood of the family Oh, car of course, in the garage. Um, I mean, I guess the one that always resonates with me is like and but it's based on a real person, is Fear and Loathing in Las yep. Vegas. And it's like but ironically none of the drug stuff because mm-hmm. like yeah. I don't do drugs. Um, but just that, like weird
1: flex, but okay. <laughs> yeah, weird look,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, that was like the character where it's like, yeah, like just the writing, yeah. and like going out and getting just sort of like stories and looking at them in different ways, and and having fun in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one that always like resonated with me was was Hunter S. Thompson.
1: Yeah. Oh, and that's as a journalist, I think that's a great way to do it. I mean. Obviously, like not the first one for me, but like you know, obviously Robert Pattinson's Batman. Like mm-hmm. I walked out that movie and I'm like, really? Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know, crazy, right? Yeah, I wow. never, I've never, you know, yeah. it's it's just a weird little factoid oh. about me. Wow. I walked out the movie and I was like, Thursday, October thirty first. <laughs> the streets are packed for the holidays. Like <laughs> I can do that entire monologue. Um, another one that I remember in high in high school was like Ryan Gosling's character from Drive.
0: Oh yeah, that's
1: what everyone does. We're like, he's got the the sick like uh, like scorpion jacket, and, yeah. yeah. But and he never talks, and everyone's like strong silent type. Right. I mean, Tobey yeah. Maguire Spider Man. Like as a kid, I remember after watching that movie, driving my dad drive me home, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm imagining Spider Man just swinging from car to car. Mm. Like that's number. You know, he's relatable. You know, he's a loser like I am. Like you know, it's great stuff. Um, yeah. What is, another one is, so every, and I've, I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but every, every Christmas, my family has a tradition where we watch Christmas with the Cranks, the, okay, yeah. the movie with Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, act, who was actually my biological mother, if you didn't know. Um, and uh, and it, objectively, it's a bad movie. Okay. We love it. It's a lot of fun to laugh at. Yeah. Brings us to guilty pleasures. What is your guilty pleasure movie? Like a movie that, if you, say, if you said, you know, in a public square, I like this movie, you would get tomatoes thrown at you. Oh, but you just awesome. unabashedly love it.
0: Okay. Guilty pleasures. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. I don't know if this is a guilty pleasure or not, because it's kind of a cult classic. But like, I recently rewatched Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. And uh, that would probably be like the sixth or seventh time I've watched it. I just think it's a like, super smart film. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's great cast. You know, Alan Cumming and Parker Posey as the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Great cameos. Uh, just a lot of fun. So, I mean, if you haven't seen it, then you might think, like, why? But, it, uh, yeah, I just think it's a super, like, and it's not even, like, subtle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, the whole joke is, like, right in front of me the mm-hmm. whole time. But, uh, yeah, I feel it doesn't get the props it deserves.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I've heard, like, I haven't seen it personally, but it's, it's in the world of, like, memes and Tumblr and stuff yeah. like I feel like that was really sort of latched onto. Yes. Um, for me it is I think it like it wasn't like badly reviewed or anything. It was it was like sort of like a 60, 65% Rotten tomatoes. But the movie Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Oh yeah. It's got you that know a, like Adam, Deve- Adam Devine Adam and uh, and Zach Efron. That movie is hilarious. Yeah, that cool. movie is so funny. It has it's way funnier than it has any right to be at all. It is like just I think it's the best use, because I think Adam Devine is fine, but like mm. or Divine, however you want to call it, yeah. is fine. But like he, he he's very much like a one a one-pitch pitcher, like a one year kind of guy. Yeah. And I think that movie just uses it so perfectly. Yeah. Like it just it, it's it, it puts him in a position it's like the Bill Belichick, you know, it puts
0: right. it puts him
1: in that, that system where it just works so <laughs> well. I love that. I I think that movie is hilarious. It does not get nearly enough the credit it deserves. And people can go and look at that and be like, what, that like comedy, it's fine, whatever, nah, watch it again, it's very funny. Um, Alright, and then finally, mm. um, who is, so we, we, you know, I, you, you, not years ago, months ago, you said, you know, like, had you watched Don't Worry Darling, and right. I hadn't, and now finally, I was able to support my wife, Florence Pugh, and watch it on the plane, yeah. back. Yeah. Um, and so, it had a, f- it, it, the payoff was a little weak, I'd say, you know? Like, yeah. uh, like it, it, we talked about it, like, speaking of mid, that movie is, I would say mid. Right. Like, like very well acted, I think, from certain people, but yeah. the payoff is, is tough. What is a movie um, that you have watched where, like, it just, you walked out of the theater mad? Or you not even the theater, like, right. you just walked away mad? Because I feel like a lot of people spent you know two hours in that movie Mm. being like this is weird everything's there's building up there's like ballerina dancers in black and white what's going on and at the end it's like oh it was a simulation you know like people like what you know what's a movie that like at the end of it you're like what what
0: the heck man all right so there's a movie that came out on netflix not long ago uh athena it's a french movie and it's about like a riot uh that breaks out and uh the first like Half of it is amazing. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. And then when it gets to the ending, I felt like they sold out so bad mm-hmm. uh, that I was like, that was like um, I was like, that's terrible. Like, it was just like such a cop-out ending mm-hmm. where it's like, you guys had this awesome, like, you know, super political, like socio-cultural movie, mm-hmm. and then you were just like, ah, we don't want to make anybody mad. So, I'm not not spoiling it, but I thought that was, like, just, like, the most, like, soft, like, sellout ending possible. So, I was mad about that because I was really looking forward to the movie because it's gorgeous uh, and it can be really intense. And it was for most of it, but then the ending, I was just like,
1: no. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple, like... There's some superhero movies where, you know, I've watched them. And I'm like, this is a really good premise. And at the end, I'm just like, oh, really? It's this again? Like, like there are a lot of Marvel movies where, like, I think they do a great job in establish the characters and, and everything, the first two acts. And then the end, it's just a guy fights a guy who looks like him. Like, you know, and like, for example, I love the movie Black Panther. Yep. I think it's, you know, phenomenal, incredibly acted. Black Panther Wakanda forever secured Marvel's first acting Oscar nomination, and it was incredibly deserved mm-hmm. um but like the final battle is like it looks like a playstation 2 cutscene mm-hmm. and it and it's just like these two dudes like it's just chadwick Boseman and uh and and uh, michael b jordan's yep. their avatars i guess they're sim mm-hmm. characters if yeah. you will just like wailing on each other one that really I, I everything after that though was beautiful i think like um. you know but just like that i'm like really that's it they look the same like whatever um, one that really annoyed me though is because uh, like Black Mirror is uh, it's not a movie, but Black Mirror you ever yeah. not watched, yeah? Oh yeah, I've so, seen it. All. Yeah, so what really annoyed me was Bandersnatch, the uh-huh. uh, the um the
0: interactive one, the
1: interactive one, the choose your own adventure one, yeah. because they really do a good job of like seeding in like these weird moments, this guy losing his mind, mm-hmm. and then I feel and I tried to get every. Um, every potential combination and all of them were just like what like it just I'm like I spent so much time and effort like clicking this like and like thought being like okay but if I choose this this." like the first time I did it I was like okay I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and galaxy brain this yeah because you give an option where Will Poulter's character is like I'm gonna jump off this roof Uh and and you're like okay or no you you are like I'm gonna jump off this he's daring you to do it and Uh I'm like I'm like the obvious answer would be to not jump off the roof, right? Right. But, but then I'm like, but this is Black Mirror. Anything yeah. can happen. So I'm gonna jump off the roof. I died and it ended. It was like 15 minutes long, and I'm like, what? What was the? And so right. I had to restart it. Yeah. Watch everything that I watched up to that. Like it was that re- that. I think it was a great idea. It pissed me off to no end. Fair enough.
0: That's when I feel that's when that show jumped the shark. Yeah. The next season was garbage.
1: Well, it's you know what a society was a phone. Yeah. You know that's the. It's- but technology. the first seasons are amazing. Oh, dude, uh, uh, Shut Up and Dance? Yeah. I You know what? My rapid fire next time is going to be all Black Mirror theme because I want to get your, your opinions on it. But yeah. that will be uh, next show because we've reached the end of it. If you want to watch this podcast or any past episodes of this podcast or any other uh, lovely hockey news podcasts we have going on here, you can go to hockeynews.com slash podcast, find all our archives there. Um, and Ryan, we will be uh, we'll be back next week to talk uh, more hockey and then Black Mirror Probably.
0: Probably you <laughs>